I just had this gut feeling inside of me that something was telling me that, that this will work, this will work. Uh, and we just kind of kind of went with that. Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get. Where the Ken Burns is a barbecuer, tales from the pits. Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And today we are in Southeast Texas, Beaumont, with... Blue Broussard. And Blue, you are with what barbecue joint? 1701 Barbecue. 1701 just came on the scene a few months ago, bringing Central Texas-style barbecue to a very uncentral Texas barbecue part of Texas. This is as not central as you get in Texas. I yes. mean, we're darn near in Louisiana here. Um, but yes, the, there is a, a very distinct style of barbecue that's been in Beaumont for a long time, and we'll get into a little bit of that. But but Blue, you've brought in a, a different style that this this area is not used to, and, and we're, we're happy to see it because we think it's it, it's something that the community definitely needed and and can benefit from let's start at the beginning before we get to where we are now let's talk about did you grow up in beaumont or what were your early memories and growing up and eating barbecue around here absolutely um been in this area for a very long time we are now with the birth of my son we're now seven generations in southeast texas in the in the beaumont area um our our family is is involved in a few different things uh our family's in the funeral, or we are funeral service providers uh, here in Southeast Texas, and I grew up, I've been doing that for the last 20 years. Um, that's a whole different kind of barbecue. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> I knew it's, you were going to go there. It's a, it's a whole different <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. Uh, but I grew up, uh, so I, like I said, our family's been here a long time, and I grew up just probably 15 miles outside of Beaumont uh, in a little town called Finette, and I actually still live there to this day. Uh, but this part of town that we're in right now, where the restaurant is, I've worked down here my entire life. Um, as so, I, I've seen, you know, kind of what what goes on in the area. I guess you would say. Um, I've always been one of the guys that enjoyed cooking, no matter what it was, whether that was just uh, cooking for my family or cooking for fa- uh, family and friends when they come over to the house. Uh, grew up cooking. I've probably cooked more steaks than I have briskets, believe it or not. Uh, we love to cook steaks for family and friends. Uh, probably about five or six years ago, really got interested into the whole barbecue thing. Uh, 2015, a good friend of mine and myself, we just had this crazy idea to get a barbecue trailer. And we set up at a little event here in downtown Beaumont before we had the trailer just had a little pull behind pit on our truck and we got a temporary permit from the health department and they said well we'll meet you we were going to cook barbecue that day and sell it and they said well we'll meet you out there probably about eight o'clock in the morning and we were going to serve barbecue at noon and i told them there's no way that's going to work so we convinced them to actually show up at 3 30 in the morning a lady from the health department she was nice enough to do it and she inspected everything as soon as she was leaving the fire was already going we threw meat on the pit, got it going, and got everything going in time. We served for that and had a really, really good response. Uh, we did some beef ribs that day, and I think we did some, maybe like some pulled pork sandwiches or something. So, so beef ribs are not, obviously not very common in barbecue around here. Right. Um, as you mentioned, obviously brisket. What, what was kind of your barbecue influence? What did you eat, and, and what 
caused you to be interested in doing those types of foods here? Yeah, so growing up, we were everything was more kind of direct heat cooking, I guess you would say. Um, it was always on things like an old smoky. I've still got an old smoky at my house. I think it's one of the best steak cookers in the world. <laughs> Um, Actually, that's what they use for the state cooking yeah. championships. It is very yeah. popular, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, to me, that's one of the best ribeye cookers that you can possibly get. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was simple things, direct heat cooking. It was uh, chicken, pork ribs, steaks, hamburgers, those kind of deals. And probably about eight years ago, for whatever reason, I just really wanted to I, – I just I noticed that I really liked cooking, but also really liked cooking outside, and I liked cooking with fire. I liked doing all those things. And so I don't really know what it was that kind of drew me to actually wanting to smoke some meats for a long time. Uh, I mean, I know I'm just like a lot of guys out there today. You know, I, I saw things that were going on across the state. Uh, you know, I was aware of Franklin Barbecue. I've still never been fortunate enough to actually go to Franklin Barbecue. But, you know, I, I saw a, a lot of the online videos that he had. I mean, I, I, bought, one of, I bought his book whenever it came out. I was just really into those, into what, into you know that style of cooking, and it was just something different for me. It was something new. Um, a lot of the, uh, you know, we've got a lot of, we, we've got a barbecue scene here. But as uh, you know, we were talking earlier. You know, Southeast Texas uh, is really has a has a whole different style of barbecue, and uh, you know, again, we were talking about it earlier, but just like the beef links, you know, those were those were born here. Um, and so those are kind of things that that we grew up on what what kind of got me into this into this new thing was just just seeing stuff on the internet seeing stuff on social media and i was thinking man there's there's some other things going on across the state other than you know than what than what i'm used to cooking or or what i'm used to eating here and that just kind of it got me curious because like i said anything to do with cooking with fire or anything like that definitely had my attention it's kind of, uh, you know, the reverse side of Texas, but, you know, kind of similar to, to Arnas Robbins and, and Evie Mays is, is you had that curiosity, but you didn't have the, the tangible experience of eating it or cooking it right. prior to, to getting involved in it. And I think that's probably led to some different flavor profiles from you than you, than you see at Absolutely. 10 different joints in Houston or 10 different joints in Austin that are all great. Um, but it does, it does give you a different flavor and a different, uh, even a texture to the bark, which we'll talk about too, uh, on the, on the pork ribs that you're cooking. Yeah, so some of those things, those influences that you had from a steak cooking direct heat on the old smoky, like all those things get, get kind of combined into what we've got here now. Did you get much experience eating barbecue once you, you know, eating Central Texas barbecue before you started cooking it, or was it kind of the reverse? You started cooking it and then like, oh, I'll go eat a couple of places. Actually, I started cooking it first, <laughs> <laughs> and so I didn't have any anything other. I didn't have anything to judge it by. I remember the. First couple of briskets, uh, I mean, I cooked briskets when I was younger, but it was not trying to do anything like a Central Texas style. And I remember the first couple of briskets that I did, Central Texas style, I guess we was, we is the popular term now. Uh, they, they were okay, but then, like, the third one was really, really good. And I invited a few people over and invited some in-laws over and things like that, and everybody loved it. And I just thought to myself, man, this is, like, one of the best things that I've ever cooked in, in my life. And that was simply just from trial and error. I didn't have anything to judge it by at all. Um, and so that just led me down another wormhole of how can, how can I get this better? How can I get this better? And still to this day, with our place just being open for not even two months now, I'm still learning stuff. And I don't think you quit learning, you know. 
So, so you know, Andrew, Andrew mentioned um, Arnis and Mallory Robbins and Evie Mays in, in West Texas. And one of the things that, that we found very interesting is kind of their, their seasoning profile is different than Central Texas, even though the barbecue is cooked in kind of a similar way. Uh, you know, that's one thing that I'm curious about here, too, is you got into this without really going out and experiencing a lot of different varieties. How did your seasoning profiles come along? How did they change as you as you started to cook and, and decide what you like? Sure. Um, well, I can tell you, for instance, with like our pork ribs, um, you know, I tried I tried everything I've, I've, that people do on, with competition ribs from putting the brown sugar to the butter to a lot of thick sauces, all of those things. And at first I was really wowed by that, but then eventually that just got to be too much for me. And using the pork ribs as an example, with I would, so I, I went away from that, I do salt and pepper, then I do garlic powder, then I do, you name it. But I didn't really taste anything besides the salt and pepper at, and the finished product, unless I was putting a sweet sauce on them. So the more and more that I got into it, I realized that I just liked more simple flavors. and that's just me personally. Um, you know, we've got a lot of other places, uh, you know, here in town uh, that are, you know, they're, they're sauced, they'll be sweeter, uh, sweeter meats. And I grew up on a lot of those things. So I was just looking for something a little different, I guess you would say. And one thing that, that we found interesting and, and actually enjoyable is you didn't also jump into the, the whole Cajun overdoing it with a lot of the Cajun influence. So, you know, we, we weren't sure, was this gonna be kind of a Cajun Tex-Mex barbecue fusion? Tex and it's really not. <laughs> well, everything's Tex-Mex, right? <laughs> but, but, you know, it's a, a lot of Cajun influence. And, and of course, you know, there, there's a little bit of that in there, but it's not overwhelming and, and we really like that. Is, is that something that you've just kind of, you, you restrain yourself on or is that just something you're not a big fan of? Well, uh, here definitely with 1701 Barbecue, I wanted us to strictly be barbecue. And I wanted us to be that Central Texas style barbecue that I was influenced by. Um, again, there's a, you know, there's, we have a lot of places here in town that, that maybe do some barbecue and they may do some burgers, they may do some wings and things like that. And, and that works for them and I frequent those places. But for us, I wanted us to be identified strictly as barbecue and I and that's kind of been our our mission statement here just to really keep the menu very very simple but every single day try and you know try and uh, make things better so I mean just I, I told you guys earlier you know we're we cooked a couple briskets different than we did them the other day you know we're always experimenting with things uh, but yeah well th that's kind of the the main goal here for this place to be 1701 barbecue and uh, again nothing wrong with uh, you know, with other menu items for other places, but we want it to be the place whenever you thought of barbecue and know that that's all those guys are serving and you're hungry just for that, that this is the place to go. Right, and I think in this area, that's actually probably the smartest thing you could have done as well, because like you said, there are other places that are already doing those things. Why try to do them as well as those places when you can introduce a menu that no one else is serving in this area and that you know is good and is quality and Brian and I have talked about this a lot. If you're opening a barbecue joint in Houston these days or Dallas or Austin, it's very difficult to open up serving just straightforward Central Texas style barbecue because so many are doing it. Where it's pretty much the opposite where you are, you set up serving a very authentic, straightforward, these are the meats, these are the sides, you know, this is the menu. And it's something that this area has never had. So 
what was kind of the early reception? I know you started off doing some food trailer uh, you know, events and things like that. What were the early reception that you got from, from the locals in the area? Yeah, you know, at, 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 we, we did have a few people, you know, they would, they'd question the price of the meat that we were cooking. Uh, but for, honestly, guys, for the most part, it was, it was kind of welcome arms. Um, and, you know, because it was different. There was, if there was other people... Uh, you know, doing some things like that at the time, I wasn't aware of it. Uh, and, you know, it was, it was simple, the, the, the brisket, the beef ribs, like we talked about earlier, there wasn't anybody, this was five years ago, that I'd never eaten a beef rib anywhere around here in southeast Texas. Uh, Hear that, folks? Blue had never had a beef rib. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and actually the first one that I ever ate was one that I cooked. Uh, so, and it's crazy because now that you guys bring it up, I've just never had that much food to compare it to. I need to get out more in the world, I guess, huh? Well, you'll be uh, in some places. We'll get into that, yeah, too. Yeah. Uh, but, no, we, we had a really good response with our food trailer. But the, the question in my mind with the food trailer was is that I had a full-time job aside from the food trailer. So the food trailer was only able to set up maybe, like, once every two or three months somewhere, and it would be at a special event where there were already people. So it was really kind of hard to judge if you were actually drawing a crowd, if people were actually coming there for you or not. I, mean, I knew it worked then, and I just had this gut feeling inside of me that something was telling me that, that this will work, this will work. Uh, and we just kind of went with that. And I, I know it's kind of a gamble, but, uh, you Opening know. a restaurant anywhere at any time is a gamble. It, yeah, yeah, it is. You know, you, you've, got this, you've got this really good feeling about what you're doing. You're committed to what you're doing, but you just have no con- The one thing you don't have control over is if anybody will come in the doors or not. But, you know, what I've talked about with day one, even before we opened uh, with all of our, our, our folks here that help us out, uh, you know, that, is that we don't have any control over that. One thing we do have control over is, you know, trying to improve ourselves every single day with the food that we're serving, the experience that customers are getting, and just the whole ambiance that, that comes with this cool thing of barbecue going on across the state. As you, as you made that transition from trailer to restaurant and started to build out the restaurant, what, what are some of the things that you learned along the way um, you know, it's never a, a perfect smooth road. Right. Um, and, and I think a lot of the, the folks that listen really are interested in kind of not, not the failures that you had, but what kind of things did you overcome as you, as you started to open up the restaurant here? Yeah, I mean, the, 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 biggest con, the, the biggest constraint, I guess, that we had with our trailer, and I know every city's different with that, is in Beaumont, if you have a mobile food unit, that'd be the license that it would be called here, you can't you can't just keep your trailer parked at the same location every single day. You have to take it back to your commissary every single night, wherever that may be. So that was always an issue that we had. Uh, so, and, and besides that, we didn't have the time to, to set up every day on Monday through Friday, even if we wanted to. Uh, but the biggest issue with the trailer is that, you know, we had to set it up somewhere, then you had to move it that day. You know, it's, it's a, we didn't have any storage. You can't accept any any big orders so you can't accept any big meat orders um you know that that was the biggest thing that we had there as far as transitioning to the restaurant uh i knew it was going to be a lot of hours a lot of work i was kind of used to that with the background that i came from uh so that wasn't any surprise to me there uh the biggest thing i guess the the most surprising thing for the restaurant is that is there's no substitute for hard work and just consistency being able to do something every single day uh, you know, it's been, it's enabled us to really kind of zero in on some things. We don't have them exactly where we want them, but 
it's just like if you want to try and play learn how to play guitar use that for example if you just pick the guitar up you know once every couple of months you'll you'll kind of learn a few chords but if you get to do it every single day you're supposed to get better at it you're, you're supposed to you know that's the thought process uh so yeah i mean that, that's been the funnest part to this so what made you decide that okay I, I have this other career. It, it's it's been a it's been a solid footing for me for a long time. What made you decide to give up that that you know much more stable career than the restaurant industry, right. and, and and dive headfirst into this? Was there like an ultimate turning point where you're like, okay, I'm just doing it, or was it just an evolution over time? We had an event uh, probably about a year and a half ago, and it's uh, it's here in Beaumont. It's called the uh, the Tasting for Some Other Place. And there'll be a few businesses. Wait, that, that's like the tasting for some other place? Mm-hmm. That's actually the name. Okay. It's actually I, th- the I name. thought you're just not naming <laughs> a place. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, so, okay. so they, have a, they have the taste of the triangle, which, which our area, Beaumont, Port Arthur, and Orange, is called the Golden Triangle, Southeast Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, there's also a place called Some Other Place. And Some Other Place is a place that is all, it's all started, it's, it's all church-based, but it's a place that serves meals, uh, you know, to, to needy folks. It'll help out families if they're like a if there's a single mom and she's struggling to pay her electrical bill, but she's you know been working, trying everything. She can go to them and get assistance. And it's a it's an organization that we've been involved with over the years. Uh, and so the they got their name from they a family would go to a church and say I need some help, or they'd go to a business and say I need some help, and they'd say well you may need to go some other place and go check it out. So they got their name some other place that's very a, cool that's a very, very interesting. cool yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and it's actually just right down the road uh so every year they have a big they have a big fundraiser and they get a bunch of churches and a few businesses to come out and cook so that year i cooked a bunch of briskets for it and my sister was there who's also one of my one of our family's uh partners it's my sister and my dad with our with our family's funeral homes and it was probably the first time believe it or not because I'd been cooking barbecue for a while now, that my sister had actually tasted our barbecue. And we served, cooked a bunch of briskets and served briskets, like little, little bitty brisket bites to probably two or 3,000 people that came to that night. And I jokingly told my sister, I said, because she was seeing the reaction from people, and I jokingly told her, I said, hey, I said, why don't, uh, you know, what do you think about, you know, doing a restaurant, barbecue restaurant? And the next day, she said, we need to talk. She said, you really need to do this. <laughs> and so, you know, a, a, year, a year ago, back to the trailer, a year ago, my buddy and I, we sold that food trailer, and I thought I was out of barbecue forever because we both had gotten married, both had new children on the way, and, we, you know, we're, we're done with barbecue, time to be professional, and we're going to, you know, go the straightforward path. Uh, but when my, my sister and I had that conversation, uh, you know, just kind of a little a light went off in my head, and I was like, Wow. So that was kind of like a, the, the family's blessing for, you know, for me to be able to go and try and do this because there was always this little feeling inside of me, you know, you know should, I, should I go do it? Should I go do it? Uh, you know, I mean, you, you see that with people with different things in life. You know, they go through life and there's something they are really, really passionate about, but they just didn't have that opportunity. And I'm very, very thankful that, you know, my, my whole family, including my father, my my sister, my my wife, everybody's been very very supportive of this crazy idea, because it's you're, you're right. It's like you know you, you're you're going down this straightforward path, and now you're gonna we're gonna try and open up this restaurant. You know how silly is that? And there's nothing guaranteed. You know just so we talk about you, no idea if anybody's even gonna walk in the door or not. Uh, but yeah, that's how that started. And whenever 
whenever the whole family got behind me and uh, and you know showed some support there, I was I, I, I was ready to go. I mean, two days later, I walked in. I had the I had a business plan. I said, here it is. So, and they were like, well, that didn't take you very long. <laughs> <laughs> been so, been yeah, brewing for a I've while. I've been thinking about it just for a little bit. Yeah, I just needed, I needed the green light. So yeah, That, that yeah. final push to, to say, okay, it's time. Yeah. Well, so here we are now, now yeah. that, you know, you know, now we're in this, this building that you built out and you, and you and your family built out together. Tell us a little bit about this spot and, and how this spot came to be where 1701 Barbecue is. Absolutely. Um, so this part of Beaumont that we're in is considered considered Old Town. And if we would just go right across the railroad tracks, just a few blocks over, we'd start getting into downtown. Uh, this is a very, uh, you know, it's, it's more of a business district. Uh, so it's a Monday through Friday kind of a lunch crowd that passes by through here. And again, we've worked down this part of town our entire lives. Uh, this building was built in 1942. Uh, it's been several businesses over the years. Most recently, it was a actually a shoe shop. Uh, you could come in and get your uh, your boots and your shoes resold and, and shoe repair. Uh, and probably the last 10 years, it just kind of sat here vacant. And, you know, whenever we first, again, whenever we kind of got the green light to, to try and do some barbecue, uh, this was one of the, the first little buildings that, that came to mind because it just needed to be, uh, be used for something. And... We walked in, I mean, I know we're all kind of looking around right now, but you can tell we had some drop down ceilings in here and we just kind of demoed all those things out and uh, wanted to kind of keep things as original as possible, but obviously add some, you know, modern amenities to it. Uh, but it's, it's, I say it's a small space. You know, you guys tell me it's not that small, so that makes me feel a lot better. Uh, but I was really concerned about the space. Um, but it's it's working out. But that that was the reason for you know when we first started out in December we were lunch Monday through Friday because it is a business district, and it's been historically hard for businesses to attract people here in the evening time, and on the weekends. So we started out Monday through Friday for lunch, and in December we got a lot of messages, a lot of questions. Can you guys please open them up on Saturdays? Can you please open them up on Saturday? We were one of those. <laughs> <laughs> so. In my mind, I, I, would, I, I wanted to do that so bad, but that was such a gamble for us to take because, again, I've, I'm very familiar with this part of town, and it's been hard for, to, to get things going on a weekend here. So we kind of did a little survey, and I think, you know, I, I know you guys saw that, and I said, hey, you know, we've got a lot of questions. You know, what do you think about us opening up on Saturdays? And the, the comments were you know, 99% of them where you have to, yes, do a Saturday, do a Saturday. So I got with all of our folks here and I said, Hey, let's try this. And it's, it's, it's worked out well for us. So we've actually been able to get our biggest amount of people here on Saturdays. And we are so thankful for that. And that is, that is so big for, for us to be a part of in this part of town. And I'm so proud of our community and, and Beaumont and even all the surrounding communities for supporting our business and coming out on Saturday. They have, I mean, I, they'll never know what that what that means to us at 1701. I mean, that it, it, that it's huge, and I, I can't I can't express that to you guys enough. And it's very interesting too because barbecue in general, it, it was a Monday through Friday workman's day meal, um, and over the years it's it's changed into more of a weekend and travel. And I mean, there's idiots that drive all around Texas eating barbecue um, in other states as well. 
but but it so it's kind of an interesting quick transition for you as well to open up on Saturdays um, along kind of those same lines you know your menu kind of straddles a little bit of the old and the new as well I mean uh, definitely brisket is on there which is fairly recent 60s or so um, we already talked a little bit about the the ribs did you want to talk a little bit about the brisket Andrew yeah well, asking questions yeah. yeah absolutely so again you, you didn't have tons of experience eating brisket around Central Texas. It was mostly, like you said, watching the videos, seeing the things that you're seeing on social media. So how did you get to what, to me, from, from seeing your briskets on Instagram, seeing them in person today, eating them, definitely has a more a modern trimming, seasoning profile, cooking profile to it. Did that take a long time to get from the knowledge base you had with cooking briskets to where you are now? Or kind of what was the process of, of your brisket evolution from a cooking standpoint? So... I mean, the, I, 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 we were talking earlier, The probably the, the third or fourth time cooking brisket, I figured out my biggest problem that I had was I had a, a little bitty smoker in my backyard, and the biggest issue I had with it was, was fire management because it was just a, it was a, I want to say, was it, would it be like a Brinkman? Does that sound right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's what pretty it, scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. what it was. But it's kind of like that's, that's like one level down from an Oklahoma Joe. It's <laughs> <laughs> a tiny little pit. Yeah. What that thing teaches you, though, and I know it, it's, it, it, I mean, I've, I've listened to you guys' shows many times, and I, I know a lot of guys that have talked about this. But I mean, it really teaches you if you learn how to do that. Well, you never fully learn that thing because it's just not set up for that. But if you learn to kind of stay on top of that, and then you get to a bigger pit. It's it's like so much easier. Um, you know, as as far as as trimming briskets, everything again, it's it's all self-taught and just watching YouTube videos. Um, I've always I've I've tried different seasonings on the briskets. I've done the salt and pepper. I've done the garlic. I've tried some more, just kind of all over the place. I've, I've added everything. I mean, I've we, seasoned salts. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, so every you know we talked about like Cajun country. Uh, I mean, I, I'm a Broussard. My mother's my mother's maiden name is Como. So they're, these are both very, very, you know, French, French families. Uh, I mean, everything. I mean, in, our, in my cabinet at the house, there's either Tony Sacheries or Slap Your Mama Season, and, and it goes in everything. And all of our side recipes started out with, with all those things in them as well. We're, we're drawing back from them a little bit. but uh, So I've, I've tried all those different seasonings on briskets. Uh, I've started off cooking briskets. Every single brisket that we cooked, I always cooked it in foil. Um, and then we started doing some in paper and we're doing the majority of those in paper, but now, you know, we just, I, I'm always, I always keep my ear to the ground and see what's going on out there and see what people are doing. We did a couple today, uh, that we actually did a, like the foil boat method. And so we're messing around with that. Uh, one of the things that I've already seen from that foil boat method is that we got to make sure that we've got like a really consistent brisket across as far as like the width from the point to the flat because we took some that had a little thinner flat mm -hmm. to them and it just it got by the time that everything temped out right but after we we held for a little bit we came back the next day the flat seemed it was it was just really too dry and even though it had moisture in the boat it seemed like it dried out a little bit and that may be something that sounds completely wrong but that's just what that's just what i'm experiencing and we it just continues to evolve and that's what keeps it fun for us i mean next Next week, whenever we start cooking briskets again, we're going to try a few different things. And we never want to be one of those people that say, like, hey, we've got it figured out. We've got it dialed in because literally we've, we opened December 1st, and 
we do not know it all by any means. <laughs> with, with that modern trimming, as we all know, it, it creates a lot of extra scraps of meat everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, which, which brings us to the sausage. Sausage making in this part of Texas has been going on for a long time. Um, it, very different style of sausage. You have not adapted that style of sausage. You have more of a, I, I won't call it Czech German because I don't think it's got that kind of flavor profile to it, but it's an all beef, which is kind of a nod to Southeast Texas. Um, but it's not the loose casing that we're used to in the garlic bombs. There's garlic in there, if I'm not mistaken. But well, there's garlic in not, there. Not anywhere near to the level that no. right, you may yeah, be used yeah. to. Yeah. Garlic process. powder, not fresh garlic. Right. Yeah. Not, not, a, not a whole head of garlic for Link. Right. But, uh, <laughs> exactly. But, but tell us a little bit about the sausage-making process and kind of how that started for you and how it's going. Sure. Um, to probably, and it was, might have been September or October, I woke up one morning and knowing that we were going to be opening hopefully December 1st, I just had a little thought in my head that one morning and said that we're going to start making sausage. Before then, never never even crossed my mind. There's no way we're going to make sausage. Our place is too small. We don't have the time for it. Don't have the manpower. Just don't have the space. Not going to happen. Whatever reason, I, I just woke up and I thought about that. And maybe it was because I listened to one of you guys' podcasts about making sausage. Thanks, guys. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, no, 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 it's all good. Well, but it's also a business decision no, with absolutely. all the trimmings. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. And so, yeah, so you talked about, like, one of the biggest things going back. Thank you for saying that. One of the biggest things learning going back, the difference between the trailer and the restaurant is just all the things that potentially could be wasted. And so whenever we had our food trailer, it was kind of just an every now and then kind of deal, and we trim briskets, and that would all go to scraps and in the garbage can. Now I think about every single thing that we're, that you trim off Man, we've got to we got to find a way to make try and make a dollar on that. Uh, I woke up that one day and I said, you know what? I said that I, I'm really gonna think about doing some sausage. And so I, I heard, uh, I think it was on you guys' show. It was uh, maybe when y'all were talking to John Lewis. He recommended a certain book to get. Was it the charcuterie? Charcuterie. Yeah, charcuterie. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So uh, I, I ordered that book. I ordered two or three more books. I read those books. And then I just started watching every single YouTube video that I could about sausage making. Uh, I've always been one of those people that I'm really not into that many things, but whatever I'm into, like I dive headfirst into it and I wanna know every single thing there is to know about it. Um, so I did that for probably a month and a half and I bought the cheapest uh, sausage stuffer that I could buy online from Cabela's and I bought a little KitchenAid just so I could grind my meat just to make sure that I wasn't going to hate it too much. And I did this all at my house and made a huge mess in our kitchen. Uh, every time that I cook at the house, I make a big mess. But my, I like to cook and my wife likes to clean, so it works out pretty well. Uh, but I did it, did it two or three times, and whenever I got through, I thought to myself, man, that's a lot of work, but I really, really like that. It was like rediscovering barbecue again. You know? Uh, it was like, I don't know, I was, just, I, I was hooked on it. And so, so you get to put your signature on it, and, and you can make something that's uniquely yours, yeah. um, and and just tweak it. You know, you start from a good base, but then you can keep tweaking it, and so you you wind up with a product that is like nobody else's. Right, exactly, and that's the neat thing about sausage is that it's kind of it's endless, um, and so we open up December first, and we're trimming briskets, and I had ordered all of this kind of. I guess you'd say like sausage meat that I could use this. I ordered a bunch of select stuff that we could use just to make sausage. That was the first week. And then after the first week of being open, I realized all these trimmings that we had. 
And so I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa we don't need to order any meat to make sausage. We've got it right here. Uh, and we messed around with it a few times, found a little flavor profile that we like. It's very, very simple. Uh, but it's, it's all the beef trimmings. Uh, that we, we're not adding any pork to it. Uh, it's, probably, it's probably about a 60-40 mix. Uh, and sometimes 70 30 but probably more 60 40 just from i mean we're just we're eyeballing and, everything and, and we're very this, new at making sausage. and i was gonna say i mean that sounds like a, a very high fat ratio but in this part of texas they're going <laughs> right you're used to a yeah, good juicy going, fatty yeah, I mean, sausage yeah. in so this it's, part of texas it's, it's a nice it's a nice kind of i wouldn't use the word hybrid but it's a nice mix between you know the the garlic bombs the grease bombs as they call them and and a more common more central texas a little bit um, leaner sausage, so it's a, it's a really nice combination between the two. It's a nice way to bridge it. Oh, I, I, I appreciate that. We're we definitely do not have it dialed in 100%. We've I've been making sausage now for four months, five months, however long it is. Uh, and again, that's one of those things that we learn every single day. But it's a really, really humbling experience. It's a lot of work. I mean, we made we made several pounds of sausage this morning as we had uh, pork ribs and turkeys on just because, you know, you, if, you're, if you're standing around in a restaurant, there's always something that needs to be done. And you try to stay ahead. So we had some trimmings and we made some sausage today and we learned a new little trick this morning. Uh, but that was one of the, whenever that hit me a few months ago to, when I woke up that morning and said we need to make sausage, I think the reason that it did was because is that, you know, I, I, I'm familiar with, with the the cool thing that's going on with barbecue across the state and to me i really wanted to to have something to stand on and be able to say that you know that everything else we were making was was is made in house and the sausage was going to be the one thing that wasn't made in house and i was like well why would we do that that wouldn't make any sense at all so i'm so glad that we did that and again we we're working on it every day and uh i, I appreciate the what you said about that uh but uh it's just a, it, it's a neat thing to be able to say that everything we're doing here is literally made from scratch. It's a lot of work, but it's so cool to say. And at the end of the day, it, it's a lot, lot of hours, but at the end of the day, whenever you go home in the evening, it's just a, it's, it's a good feeling. Now, you, we talked about um, brisket trimmings a little bit, and um, so that maybe leads us into the sides and the beans, which have a little brisket tossed in the beans. Um, what, what I liked about the beans here is that it, it, again, it's kind of a cross between, it's not a charro bean or a bracho bean, and it's not a baked bean. It's, it's a, kind of a mild, it's not sweet. No. Um, no. And there's definitely brisket in there. Tell us a little bit about the beans. Yeah, the beans, uh, one of those things been working on, again, for a while since I had the trailer. Uh, whenever we had our trailer, the, the first two times that I served beans, uh, I took some, uh, some Bush's baked beans. This is a really good recipe. Uh, I, I wouldn't do it here now because we're doing everything from scratch, but we took some Bush's baked beans and we added the Jimmy Owen is the, the Owen sausage, but it's mm -hmm. the maple, sir, the, mm -hmm. the maple uh, breakfast sausage and add that in with the, with the Bush's baked beans. That's really good guys. <laughs> that's how I started. There, there's more than one restaurant that's using Bush's baked beans. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. That's how we started. And, uh, but when, when we were thinking about this, uh, I wanted everything here to be, you know, made from scratch and, so over the over the past few years, I'd always messed around with you know starting with pinto beans, you know some dry beans, and kind of adding flavors to them. Again, whenever I started out doing it, uh, it was more of kind of like it was Cajun country. It was the what you'd say like a uh, like a red beans and rice without the rice. So half the people would like it, and then other people would be like, oh, they're too spicy. And 
I really wanted to go with something like that here. But, again, we wanted to really stay focused on barbecue and, and not Cajun. So, and we've got the brisket, a little bit left over. We can throw that in there. Of course, that's cooked brisket going in there, obviously. But uh, I started off with it and started adding some barbecue sauce to it, and it got a little sweet to me. Uh, but, yeah, that's just something that we've played around with over the, the past few years and uh, finally got it to where I think we're pretty happy with it. I mean, I I really like the beans. They're, they're one of my, my favorite things. I could almost just make a meal out of those. Well, and that's the great thing is, the, you know, though it is a very straightforward menu, you can tell the care and the thought that goes into everything that's on the menu, which is, to me, that's far more important than having 20 things on the menu that are half-assed. And the, the slaw is no exception to that as well. It's a more coarse chopped slaw, which, which – Brian and I both prefer. Um, there's, <laughs> nice. I mean, there's there's a lot of fine julienne chopped slaws, but this is a more. It's got a lot more texture to it to me, um, and it does have a, a little bit of a different flavor profile from than just your your standard slaw. So was that a was that a day one recipe, or is that something that's evolved as well? That's evolved. Uh, I've never been really a, a huge coleslaw fan. Um, I've been to places and I've liked the coleslaw, and I've been to places and I and I did not like coleslaw. And this wasn't necessarily barbecue places. You know, we have a. A lot of the Cajun restaurants around here, you know, they'll have, you'll get fried fish and you're going to get coleslaw with it. Um, it just always seems like you it know, was. You're going to get mayo with some cabbage. The fine, fine, chopped, <laughs> fine chopped cabbage with mayo. Right, yeah. right, right. So I, I know that I didn't want to have that. And the little tweak that we've done on it is just add a little bit of cilantro on it. And even to the point that I've gotten so crazy with it that we don't, and I, this sounds ridiculous, I know, but literally all the cabbage that we put into that like it comes in like it's a whole head of cabbage and we actually chop it and put it in there it's not coming in like like pre-chopped or, or pre-cut cabbage and i know that sounds so goofy but to me i feel like i can taste the difference and we, I, we can because i've compared it's texturally it's crunchy, it, yeah, yeah. It's, it has the crunch one of the things that impressed us most was it wasn't soggy and it wasn't soft right you could yeah. tell that it was made fresh yeah it, it's yeah. it's definitely a lot of work and every single morning we question ourselves, why are we doing this? Because there's a company that sells this stuff already cut that up. It sounds like when we used to do pop-ups. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. We'd, we'd be like, what the hell are we doing but this But that's usually when we were doing something far dumber, like oh, yeah. making buns or yeah. something stupid. But, but, but no, it, 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 again, it's just like the beans from scratch. You know, it, it, it has your signature on it, and it, it shows the effort, but it, it comes through in the product. Yeah. Well, I, again, I, I really appreciate that. That's very kind of you. Uh, but, and we're not known for being kind. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, kind of I mean, dumb. <laughs> but you know that was uh, you know again before we even started this, just uh, with talking with all of our, our folks that that help out and work here. You know that was that's very important to us and something that at the end of the day we wanted to be able to to hang our hat on, knowing that we put in a hard day's work and knowing that we weren't in our minds, knowing that we weren't cutting any corners. You know, again, there's no no right or wrong way to do anything in the restaurant business. This is just the way that we wanted to do things. And, uh, you know, everybody here is on the same page and we all take a lot of pride in what we do. And we'll never say that we're the, we've got the best coleslaw or the best beans or anything like that, because we, I mean, there's always somebody bigger and better than you, but we are proud of the, and we're always wanting to learn, but we're proud of the effort that we're putting in. And that means a lot. It, it definitely it starts with that effort and, and you're you're eventually going to get to the place that where you feel like you're doing it consistently which is part of you know the hardest part to really achieve yeah, is the, the biggest battle so yeah it's, it's once you get those processes in place and, and obviously with a, with a restaurant that's still in its infancy you're still in the process of, of really fine-tuning recipes fine-tuning procedures and all of that what do you kind of see as kind of or what are you hopeful for the evolution of 1701 barbecue i mean you're off to a great start 
but uh, what, where do you hope to see this restaurant in the next few months, years? You know, I just, uh, I, I hope it's sustainable. You know, we're uh, a lot of crazy things going on in the world right now, obviously. Um, we consider ourselves, again, very, very fortunate that the community has, you know, supported us from our, from our beginning stages. Um, you know, I, I, we had a really good feeling about this because we were really passionate about what we're doing. Uh, but until you open up the doors and you, until you start cooking for people other than your family and your friends, you really don't know. And it's really a gamble. Um, you know, we really tried to, before we opened, we really tried to put the word out as far as what we were going to try to be doing. And we, we were, we showed all the development of, of this building, uh, you know, showed a lot of food on Facebook and Instagram of recipes and things that we were cooking, things that we were thinking about cooking. So we knew that we, we felt some responsibility whenever we did open to, to make sure that, uh, you know, that, that those things were in place. Obviously we'll always be fine tuning things, but, uh, you know, we, before we opened December 1st, probably for a month or so, we were, we were up here cooking and we would just have, you yeah, know, we saw those pictures. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we would just, we would just have people that we know, you know, come in here and uh, and and eat some food, you know, just hey, tell us what you think, kind of thing. Uh, you know, it, it's a it's a hard stage for a business because at, at that point in time, you know, you've got money going out, but nothing's coming in. Um, but it was some really important and really important steps for us, uh, you know, to take uh, to take a little time and make sure that we had some basic things down. Um, you know, before we went into this, I, I thought, man, I know how to cook a brisket. You know, it's no trouble. You know, we got this. When you start doing it every single day, it's, you know, there, there's still days whenever at, at, at the end, whenever, like, all the briskets are done, I'm still like, why does those take two hours longer today than they did yesterday? Like, we kept the fire at the same temp the whole time. You know, it was, there's just so many elements and so many variables going on with, with this style of, of cooking, uh, but man, that's what keeps it interesting, right? Absolutely, and you know that's that's always a learning experience that we 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 see and we love to hear too, and we're we're trying to learn ourselves. Um, the more you cook, it it's you know every brisket is different, every day is different in weather. Um, we're really glad at what you brought to the scene here in Beaumont. I'm going to ask you a couple of silly questions though, but I, I'm always curious, you know, and. What barbecue joint have you not had that you would really like to go eat at? And what barbecue pitmaster would you like to cook alongside for a day? Absolutely. So I've never been to Franklin's. Obviously, I would love to go there. Uh, I've never been to Lewis Barbecue. I would love to go there. Um, I mean, there's, there's places all across the state that, uh, you know, I've, I've messaged uh, people through Instagram. Uh, there's a couple of people who've been – Really, really helpful. I, they, I don't know them. They don't know me, but they've been nice enough to respond. Uh, Con, Convenience West and Marfa. And um, is it uh, – what's the other guy? I'll think of it here in a minute. But, uh, you know, I've just – just basic questions that I've asked, you know, like, hey, I'm, we're, I'm thinking about making sausage. You know, like, you know, what do you think about this kind of equipment? Uh, and they've been just, just very, very responsive. So, I mean, and I've done that with a few places, and, and they've all been that way, which I think is really, really cool. It's a very, 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 very welcoming community, I guess you would say. Um, the, the place that I have been that 
really just kind of blew my mind with his cooking has been uh, Brett's Barbecue Shop in Katy. And I would, uh, I'd love to be able to, to cook alongside him and, and pick his brain on, on a few questions. You know, I know he started at a, started working in a, at Louis, Louis Mueller and Taylor. And uh, so I knew that before we went and I'd seen a few, I guess it was a write-up that, uh, that Daniel Vaughn had done about his place. And uh, we went there and, and I had great expectations and I was, my expectations were even blown out of the water. I mean, I know everybody's got a different, uh, we'll have different opinions, but I just, I really like what he's doing. And that's one of my favorite barbecue sauces that I've ever tasted as well. And, and I, I've, I've tried to mimic it probably I've tried to mimic it 50 times not that not that we're going to try and sell uh sell sell or serve your 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 style of barbecue sauce here Brett but uh I really really enjoy it <laughs> and now he can teach you how to weave bacon together over some yeah milk. <laughs> I saw that I saw that and it looks like he got a great review from from uh Allison from Allison Cook, Cook, yeah. yeah 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 that's that's awesome that's uh this super cool uh and and I don't know him and and he doesn't know me but uh I just um I think what it I love the food that he's putting out. Well, and we, we hope that as as things get better with, with the virus pandemic, it, it happens tomorrow, next week, that we start to get to have these events again and, and get-togethers and that there's more of that um, because we really miss that too. I mean, it's yeah. just, just the community hasn't been able to come together like, like they have in the past. So I, I think that's a great hope and a great opportunity that we'll have. And, yeah. well, and certainly, the, you know. For the yeah. cesspool that social media can be sometimes, like it is nice to have that outlet to where you can reach out and, and connect with people that previously you wouldn't have the opportunity to connect with as easily. And, and you know, Brett is, is definitely one of those people that, and it's one of the reasons why we love doing this goofy show that we do is everyone's got a different story of how, how they got where they are and, and, and all of that. I mean, your story is different from Brett's, which is different from Wayne Miller's. It's it's very interesting to see like the different paths that have led people to where they are now. And uh, and we're, we're excited to see what happens with 1701 Barbecue over these coming months and years. And, and the fact that you're doing as well as you're doing in the first couple of months is extremely impressive. You should be very proud of what you're building here. Um, we're looking forward to the next trip out here and, and hopefully we continue to see evolution. Let's see, uh, how are, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? You're very active on social media. Uh, let's give out those handles and how people can uh, get in touch with you. Absolutely. We're Facebook and Instagram, just as everybody else. It's uh, 1701 Barbecue. Barbecue is B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E. Uh, we are, and then we're at 1701barbecue.com as well. So we're, uh, and we, we post on those daily. And so uh, it's funny because we'll have people, uh, you know, people message us all the time, you know, like, hey, can we, can we see a menu or something like that? And, you know, of course, the menu, it's, it's on our Facebook page and our website. Uh, but we're, uh, yeah, we're, we're on there daily. And we're uh, trying, to, trying to post good pictures of what we're doing and uh, easy, to, easy to keep up with us and easy to catch up with us and easy to contact if uh, we're always responding to messages and anything like that. Outstanding. Well, we got another stop for people in Beaumont, Texas, 1701 Barbecue, open Tuesday through Saturday. Um, now open on Saturdays if you hadn't caught that lately, so you got you know, no excuse not to get out here. Come on out and say hi. Yep, yep. open at 11 a.m. till sellout. Sellout can be anywhere from usually 1 to 2 or so, or, um, but, uh, but keep on the lookout because you guys do a really good job of posting up when, when meats are still left or when meats are running low. 
So, uh, yeah, there's plenty of ways to, to get in touch with 1701, get out here to Beaumont, and, and try the historical places as well. Get out to Patillo's and, and make a little barbecue road trip out of it. You know, there's even places if you go a little further in Louisiana after you hit 1701, you can go to Paul's Rib Shack, you can go a little further, go all the way to New Orleans, go to Blue, you know, Blue Oak Barbecue. So, yeah. you know, plenty you, of, and, and yeah. casinos, yeah, go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, so, so your road trip starts in Houston. Um, your first stop would be at 1701, then hit Patillo's, then go out to Lake Charles, drive past Delta Downs, um, go to Lake Charles, stop at Paul's Rib Shack, hit up one of the two or three casinos in Lake Charles. And if you I haven't been to Paul's Rib Shack, that's on my list to get to. Paul's Rib Shack, he's, yeah. he's using uh, Austin Smoke Works smokers. Um, so get out and say hi, and then make your way all the way down to New Orleans and all of the fun and excitement in New Orleans, but there's also Blue Oak Barbecue. Yep. So you could do, you know, this wasn't possible just Three months ago, right. <laughs> you know, so yeah. so now now you've got a nice three stop trip that you could make on the way to New Orleans. Have a good weekend in New Orleans um, that you may or may not remember. There you go. And, and if you have enough money left over, you, <laughs> you can eat some more barbecue on the way back. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, yep. th- thank you guys for listening. Blue, thank you for the time. And, and again, congratulations. We look forward to the future and we will talk with you next time.